Hey everyone, today I will be reviewing the first three episodes of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. I was really looking forward to this show because the idea of a Marvel legal comedy sounds awesome. Overall, I liked these first three episodes, but I didn't love them. I'm really torn because there's so much stuff I love and so much stuff I don't. Let's get into it. First of all, let's talk about the cast and the characters. Tatiana Maslany is amazing as Jennifer Walters. She instantly makes you care about the character and her struggles. She is by far the best part of the show. Her struggles with the burden of her new powers, very compelling. It's refreshing to see a superhero who doesn't actually want to be a superhero, very different than what we've seen recently. She is further proof that Marvel just does not miss with their casting. She's great. Mark Ruffalo, also fantastic. His chemistry with Maslany is great. I love their relationship. I totally bought them as cousins. I think this show handled the character of Hulk better than the MCU has in years. He gets some great development. We learned so much about his transformation into Smart Hulk. What really stood out, though, was this sense of profound sadness. They don't outright say it, but the underlying sense of loss Bruce feels from losing Natasha, losing Tony, is just really, really well done. Also, they do a fantastic job really emphasizing how tragic and traumatic that the Hulk has been to Bruce, how much of a burden and a curse he is on Bruce. All of that was really well done, and it's why the first episode is definitely my favorite of the three. I also really liked seeing Tim Roth return. I think he did a great job with a different take on Emil Blonsky, a more comedic take on Emil Blonsky. I haven't seen The Incredible Hulk in a while, but from what I remember, this new take on Blonsky makes sense. I can buy this growth for him and a lot of what he says about thinking he was doing the right thing and then wanting to be Captain America, it works for me. He made some good points. It was actually a little bit sad. So I think that was really great. I think Roth did a great job of straddling that line between sincere and deceptive. He could be genuinely reformed or he could be just lying to get out of prison and you can't tell which one it is. I could totally see it going both ways, which is a huge testament to Tim Roth and his delivery. Um, Benedict Wong was also great. He's always a delight. He totally fits into the more comedic tone of the show. His line delivery is always on point. Jamila Jamil and Renee Elise Goldsberry both appeared very briefly, so I'm going to hold out judgment on them until we see more. Josh Segara is solid as Pug, but I don't really care much about his character. And this is one of my major issues with the show. I just don't find myself connecting to many of the new characters. Ginger Gonzaga and Drew Matthews as Nikki and Dennis are both very good in their roles. There's nothing wrong with their performances. I just don't care about them. They both just seem like cardboard cutout stereotypes, and there's nothing really about their characters that interests me. I feel the same about Jennifer Walters' family, aside from maybe Mark Lynn Baker. He was quite good as Morris Walters, and I appreciated how supportive he was. But besides him, I just didn't really connect to or care about any of them. Maybe this is an unfair comparison because we were just so spoiled with Miss Marvel, but compare the supporting characters of that show to this one. It's night and day. Miss Marvel endeared you to them and made you care about them instantly, even the ones that barely had any screen time. And this show just isn't doing that for me. So overall, I would say that the show is handling Jennifer Walters as well as the pre-established MCU characters beautifully but it's failing to give me any reason to care about the new characters, even though the performances aren't bad. 
and I don't have a problem with anybody's performances so far. Let's now talk about the direction. Kat Quaro is doing a great job. I have had absolutely no issues with her direction. Most of my issues just come from the writing, honestly. It isn't outright bad, it's just not funny to me. Comedy is extremely subjective, but usually the MCU humor works for me, and this is my other big problem with the show. I don't know why, but the humor in this show is mostly falling flat for me. It's got good moments. It's got a few moments that we'll talk about. But for the most part, I've just been pretty disappointed by the comedy. It's not a good sign when almost all of the other MCU projects to come out recently have been funnier than the one that's actually supposed to be a comedy. So I don't know. The actors have all been delivering it well. I have no problem with their delivery. It's just that the jokes themselves aren't working for me which is a huge bummer. So that's my main problem with the writing. The writing's been good. I love everything they've been doing. How they've been handling the character of Jennifer, her fourth wall breaks is awesome. I like the story. It's just that it's not that funny for me. And that's a major problem I'm having with the show. I also want to mention the technical side of things. The cinematography is solid. The CGI is good for the most part. I would say that it's best in the first episode and it declines a bit each episode afterwards. There are definitely a few shots that took me out of the story, but not too many. It's good enough, and it'll get better each time we see She-Hulk in the MCU as they refine her model. Let's now finish up with my recap of the first three episodes. I'll get into a little more detail about specific story beats and jokes. Episode one, Jennifer practicing her speech, talking about the responsibilities of people with power. Thematically, I love how the show is about that responsibility of people with power. I love how it's kind of a rejection of with great power comes great responsibility. That's pretty interesting to me. She goes off to court, but not before breaking the fourth wall and saying, I'm guessing you won't be able to focus on this fun lawyer show until you know all about that. Of course, referencing her own powers. I love whenever the show is self-aware and calls out its own audience. So I like that. We flash back to Bruce and Jennifer talking about Steve Rogers' virginity and the device that keeps Bruce human. They're in the car. As the car and ship comes out of nowhere and makes them crash, Bruce's blood gets into Jennifer. They both transform. Jennifer blacks out. I'm very curious to see where the ship came from. I could totally see Jeff Goldblum popping up in this show later on. He would totally fit the tone of it. Jennifer wakes up, stumbles into a bathroom where some strangers help clean her up. She goes outside and is tackled by Bruce right as she's about to transform and um, attack the man cat calling her. She wakes up in Bruce's retreat in Mexico. He explains everything. He tests her by putting her in danger. She breaks out. She reveals that she's completely in control. This was a very funny sequence where the humor actually worked for me. They do some dialectical behavioral therapy and uh, Bruce wakes up Jennifer the next morning with an air horn. We go into this fun montage. They throw rocks. She flips Bruce off. They talk about spandex and a lot more. It ends with them in the bar. They're talking. The next day at their uh, their meditation, Jennifer talks about how she can control her anger because she does it every day. I appreciate the way the show has been tackling misogyny. It's pretty cool. It's been well done so far. Uh, Jennifer tries to leave. They get into the obligatory superhero fight. Bruce wants her to stay. They use the Hulk thunderclap, which was fun. They eventually crash into the bar, repair it the next morning. Jennifer breaks the fourth wall for the first time. Bruce finally lets her go. All of this was great. I'm enjoying all of this so far. The story is compelling. It's well done, well executed. Back in the present day, the court case is interrupted by Titania. Jennifer transforms, saves the day. 
We then get the great post-credit scene where Jennifer discovers that Captain America was in fact not a virgin. That was pretty hilarious. So I will say that while there isn't as much there as there is in the following episodes, the humor in this episode definitely was the most successful and had the highest hit rate for me. So that's pretty much the story of the first episode. It's definitely my favorite of the three. I think it was a really promising start. I really liked it, which kind of makes it even more of a bummer that I just feel like the following two episodes don't fully live up to the potential that is established by the first one. Moving on to episode two, Jennifer gets the name She-Hulk from a reporter. She goes to the bar. She learns she's been fired. The case was declared a mistrial since the jury would be biased towards her for saving them. At the bar, Dennis sees an attractive woman, and I'm quoting him here, wants to go talk to it. Okay, that was pretty funny. That genuinely made me laugh. He's just kind of a stereotypical misogynistic jerk, but that was a funny line. I thought he delivered it well. Uh, We see Jennifer applying to new jobs. She's rejected from each one. I really liked the direction here, the filmmaking here. Jennifer stayed in place, but the background behind her just changed for each interview. And each one got less and less nice looking, which was a pretty cool touch. She goes back home. She visits her family, which turns very chaotic and very overwhelming, very fast. Her dad kind of bails her out, offers his support, which I liked. Back in the bar, she's offered a job at GLKNH as the head of the new superhuman law division. She reports in. She learns that they want She-Hulk, not Jennifer Walters. Pug comes in, offers her a welcome basket which is a joke that completely fell flat for me. I did not like that one at all. She is assigned to be Emil Blonsky's parole lawyer. She goes to speak to him at the damage control prison. That was a cool little connection to Miss Marvel. It's the same prison that Kamran was briefly held in. Emil acts reformed. He regrets his actions. Tim Roth played it well, but I just felt like all his jokes kind of fell flat for me. All the stuff about the seven soulmates, the haikus, it just wasn't very funny to me. Tim Roth delivered it all well, but it's just not that funny. I didn't laugh at all. Then Jen calls Bruce. He gives her the okay to take the job. This was a great scene. Again, I just love the dynamic between those two characters. We kind of zoom out. We see that Bruce is on the Sakaran ship. I cannot wait to see where that storyline goes. I know I've seen the theorizing about World War Hulk. Maybe that's what's going on. I don't know. I'm very curious to see what happens. Jen accepts the case turns on the TV and sees that abomination has broken out. I love the direct connection to Shang-Chi. That was great. And then in the post credit scene, we get Jennifer helping her family, carrying the things they can't because of her strength, putting things up on the wall, adjusting the TV, all that stuff I liked. Um, So again, on paper, everything that happened, I really liked. I just wish it was funnier. It's just not funny enough to me. Um, Finally, let's get into episode three. Jennifer visits Blonsky, and he explains that Wong broke him out. Nikki looks into Wong. They contact him. Jennifer calls out the audience and reminds them that it's her show, um, even though it seems like a cameo every week type of show. Absolutely love that. I love the show being meta, being self-referential, knowing its audience, calling out its audience. Nikki wants Jennifer to do an interview and control the narrative around She-Hulk. Jennifer still has not embraced She-Hulk. She still sees that side of her as a burden and wants to ignore it. Dennis rejects Jennifer and Mallory Book as his lawyers. He wants Pug because he looks cool. He's going to sue a shape-shifting light elf from New Asgard since he bought things for her, thinking that she was Megan Thee Stallion, which is absolutely absurd 
and hilarious on paper, but just not as funny as I would have hoped in execution. It's weird because reading this out loud, it's so ridiculous and so funny, but just watching it on screen, it just felt like missed potential. It wasn't as funny as it should have been. Then Wong pops out. He has a talk with Jen. Again, most of his jokes here fell flat for me. His delivery was good, but he just wasn't as funny as I would have hoped. I will say I like the No Way Home reference, though. Uh, he broke Abomination out for Sorcerer Supreme training, and he agrees to testify. Yeah, that's a little bit of a cheap explanation. I wish they could have come up with something a little better, but whatever, I'll accept it. Um, the Light Elf messes with Pug and Dennis by impersonating them. Again, this felt like it should have been so much funnier. Everything with the Light Elf just didn't fully work for me. The idea is hilarious, but it just, they didn't make full use of it. That elf had so much comedic potential that just felt wasted. We kind of go back and forth between the parole hearing and then Dennis's case. We see Blonsky's Seven Soulmates, a joke that completely fell flat for me. Blonsky claims to be rehabilitated. We see several witnesses who, again, weren't nearly as funny as they should have been. Wong finally comes in, tells his story. At Dennis's case, the elf tries to use Thor's Asgard is not a place, it's a people line, because she's the daughter of an elven diplomat. The motion to dismiss is denied, the elf impersonates the judge, and is caught. All of this, again, just sounds hilarious, but for some reason didn't work for me in execution. It should have been a lot funnier than it was. Then Plonsky turns into Abomination to show the jury that he can control it. It freaks them out, they adjourn after Jen's speech. Uh, Wong leaves after admitting to help a prisoner escape. That was pretty funny. Um... At the bar, Jennifer talks about how she wants to go back to being a normal anonymous lawyer. She agrees to testify for Pug. She claims that Dennis is definitely stupid enough to genuinely believe that he's dating Megan Thee Stallion, who they cut to in the audience, which is kind of the saving grace of this episode for me. Megan Thee Stallion, those jokes killed me. That was the best part of the episode. And she she was actually pretty great on screen. She had good comedic timing. I like how she's kind of making fun of her own persona. That just totally took me by surprise, and it was funny to see her in that audience. Dennis wins the case. Abomination wins parole under the requirement that he wears an inhibitor so he doesn't turn back into Abomination. Jennifer finally uh, embraces the She-Hulk at least a little bit and gives an interview, taking control of her own narrative. I like that character development for her. I like this arc, um, her kind of struggles with She-Hulk. It's very compelling, very well done. Back at home, she's attacked by the Wrecking Crew, who attempts to get some of her blood. She easily defeats them, and they mention how their boss won't be happy. I'm very curious to learn who that boss is. I think the leader is a good guess. I think uh, Valentina, uh, I think it's like Contessa Valentina de Vontaine or whatever. Val from Falcon and Winter Soldier and the Black Widow post-credit scene uh, is also a good possibility. I don't think it's Kingpin, although I've seen people theorizing that. I'm excited to see. This fight scene was fine. Lots of cuts. It was definitely a TV budget fight scene, but it worked well enough for the moment. It's definitely not great, but it was good enough. So that's the end of the episode. Finally is the post credit scene, which is genuinely, and I'm serious here, my favorite part of the episode. She-Hulk is twerking and dancing with Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, I have no idea why this scene caused so much backlash. It was absolutely hilarious. I loved it. That scene totally took me by surprise and is one of the only comedic moments that worked for me this episode. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was hilarious, and I am shocked at the people hating on it. If anything, I want more of this type of humor. It was silly and just amazing. I loved it. I'm just surprised at how divisive it's been. People saying it's cringy. 
Of course it's cringy. That's what the show is supposed to be. It's cheesy. It's fun. It's silly. It's ridiculous. That's the tone of She-Hulk. That's the tone of the show. I want more of that. So those are all my thoughts on episode three. Although I love that final moment, this was still probably my least favorite of the three. My ranking from favorite to least favorite episode so far is one, two, three. It kind of sucks that each episode has been declining for me, but I'm very curious to see how episode four turns out. We've got a lot more time. I'm hoping the show improves. I have hope. Um, We'll see. My main thing, I just want it to be funnier. The comedy isn't fully working for me. What do you think of this show so far? How is the comedy working for you? Is it funnier for you? Are you in the same boat as me where you feel like it should be funnier than it actually is? Let me know in the comments, the voicemail, the email, or the form, and all those links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening and have a good day.